Hello, and welcome to the Anatomy Nerd Podcast. I am your host, Hillary, and in conversation with me today is Dr. Joseph Talbot. Dr. Talbot is the creator and writer of the children's books, The Illustrated Book of Medicine, where he has covered topics such as sunscreen, eyes, the coronavirus, and so, so many more. And today we're going to be talking about his journey to become a doctor. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Talbot. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you. So let's dive right on in. I would absolutely love for you to start from the very beginning, like your childhood. How did you know you wanted to become a doctor? Uh, oh, boy. Okay. So uh, going back when I was a three-year-old or four-year-old, uh, my granddad used to call me a doctor. So I would be like this little uh, child walking around and my granddad would be calling me a doctor. So I didn't think too much. (laughs) I know, right? I didn't think too much about it. And then my dad uh, is obstetric and gynecologist. So I kind of like, you know, he uh, would introduce me to his books. I I will just like go through his books and uh, yeah, I got really fascinated with medicine, with the human body, to be uh, more specific. And yeah, I grew up like, oh, I want to be a, a doctor. I want to be working with the human body. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the very beginning of how it started. At such a young age. That's so much fun. That yeah. is really, really cool. Thank you. You knew you wanted to be a doctor at the early age of three. What was, you know, college like? What Had you just already jumped into preparing for med school? Or did you have any doubts or questions about wanting to go to med school? Actually, uh, for the longest time, I did not have uh, any doubts about going to medicine. However, like early uh, high school, I discovered that I am really passionate about flying and traveling. So I was like, oh, you know what? I want to be a pilot. I, uh, but that's different. Yeah. And, I, and like uh, I said, like, oh, piloting is more like three years of training. And then like you, you basically accumulate the hours rather than just like going through the lengthy uh, medical education. Uh-huh. So I was like a little bit, OK, let me do aviation instead of medicine. And yeah. Yeah. This changed uh it, this this changed like really uh, as I was applying to college. And Got it. I, I, How long just... were you a pilot? So uh, for now, I mean, I I got my license and I've been flying recreationally here in the U.S. since two thousand and fourteen. So oh wow, okay, so quite yeah. a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. yeah. And so, what ultimately made you make that solid switch to medicine? You know, I was I was always been fascinated with medicine. I was always been yeah. fascinated with uh, the ability to heal. It's medicine mm-hmm. is more like ability. It it's just like if I go back in time that made it really solid. Uh, so I, the first year of my life, I grew up in Egypt in uh, you know low middle class family. You know, uh, uh-huh. so just like it, most of children in Egypt, like we play on the streets right so Mm -hmm. there was a glass uh bar and Mm -hmm. i fell and i basically cut my uh right thigh and i remember like you know i'm seeing all this blood and you know at that time my dad was at work 
and uh -huh. uh, my mom was also at work, so it was only my grandma, and she didn't know what to do. Uh -oh. So yeah, so we didn't have an insurance. So uh, our neighbor was uh, a newly newly graduate doctor. Oh, so cool. yeah, she so basically she uh, took me to him, and he said, you know what, like we have to clean it, we have to suture it. I remember like five sutures, and yeah. because he did it like at home rather than going to the hospital. Basically, we did not use anesthesia. Uh -huh. and, uh, and he said, Were you like, scared you know, as a little kid? I was so scared, to be honest. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> I definitely would be too. So, I, I mean, I was ready to cry. And he, and he looked at me in the yeah. eye and he said, like, listen, you're a man. You should not cry. And I told yeah. him, but it's painful. He said, like, you're not going to feel pain. Yeah. I mean, I did, but, you know, I didn't cry. <laughs> 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 so I got, like, my sutures without any painkillers. And, uh, you know, I, I, I saw him as the only one who was able to help me. I mean, my yeah. parents weren't around. My grandmom didn't know what to do. So f since that time, I was like, oh, a doctor is basically a savior, to uh, say the yeah. least. So. Yeah. I I want to I want to be I want to I want to be able to help people like him. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I always go back to this story and just like go back to how it all started. I mean, yeah, I can see how that left quite the impact on you. I mean, you're you know, you get injured and you go to your grandma and you're like, oh, what's, you know, what's going on? I'm bleeding everywhere. And then suddenly, you know, someone's just like, okay, I've got this quick fix for you. Like, it's going to hurt, but you're going to be fine. Like, no crying. And then, yeah. you know, it's five easy stitches later and you're like, oh, wow, that was like, we literally <laughs> just did that in your living room. <laughs> That's done. I'm not sure like, about it's but... easy, but... <laughs> <laughs> but he, I bet he made it seem easy though so that's that's cool yeah. that would definitely leave an impact on me for sure yeah so uh yeah so how did you get into writing children's books I will take you to many journeys back to my childhood please so, do okay so uh again growing up in Egypt with limited finances to spare on children's book uh, uh basically my family could not afford, you know, buying me coloring book. I was so obsessed with drawing and coloring. I, it, it was just like... They would Even at me, a young age? Yeah, I was very That's obsessed. That's cool. Uh, yeah. I would spend hours. Because the illustrations in your books are really quite wonderful. That's, that's cool to learn that you've been into that since you were a little boy. That's fun. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, you know, uh, I would be drawing for hours and hours and hours. And then... Yeah. Uh, when I started going to preschool, I saw children basically using colors and coloring yeah. books. They were mostly Disney. And I was like, wow, this is so fascinating. Like, I, I, I didn't know about it. So, yeah. you know, I uh, went to my parents. Uh, I want children, I want like books to color, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we were basically meeting the minimum. So there wasn't any extra fun to spare on. Uh, right. Yeah. So... My granddad, as usual, he uh, he told me, like, okay, I have a quick fix. So he took me to a street in Cairo where used books are sold. Oh, and cool. we be it was like a really long street. It was like a hot summer. And we would go up and down the street checking stores and like books are like all over the place looking for uh, new 
uh, coloring books. We couldn't find because they're used, right? So he had like this genius idea. Uh, I didn't like it at the beginning, but I'm very grateful looking back at it now. So mm -hmm. we got used coloring books. Uh, I remember like we got five. And the very first one that I remember I colored was Beauty and the Beast. So, oh, fun. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that was one of I, my favorites when I was a kid. It, it, it was one of my favorites as well. So yeah. uh, we got it and he told me, listen, here's a paper, here's a pencil. Why don't you draw it? And then after you draw it, you color it. Oh. At the beginning, I was like, well, how does it even make sense? Yeah, and right. Then, <laughs> <laughs> that like, is really cool, though. That's a very unique and interesting way, an effective way to encourage learning how to draw characters. That's cool. Yeah, so basically, uh, I did that. It took me a very long time. I was very frustrated because like they didn't look as good at the actual coloring book right so yeah. i tried to carbon draw it so i got like this carbon fiber piece of paper and i would put it and try to w go over like the line chase it yeah it's kind of like worked so until like i kept doing it and then eventually i would like you know see any image i would just like draw it and color it and yeah. my problem was solved yeah. that's so cool and moving forward very uh, clever little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Moving forward, like, you know, I keep these experiences with me. And, yeah. you know, when I see kids in my clinic, one of the things that I uh, used to do, actually just like, it's not like I did. It just like happened to me. So it kind of like reminded me of doing it. So back in July, I was doing my pediatric rotation so i was working mm -hmm. with kids and i have this cutest girl she's uh she's four year old and then mm -hmm. uh part of the exam is we ask her to draw like a triangle a square all this kind of stuff uh -huh. so after she did her exam like she gets paper and she draws a character for me uh-huh and i still i still i still have this paper uh Aww. until today what'd she draw you I mean, I, I think it's a princess. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> of course, I, it's a princess. <laughs> That's adorable. I, yeah, I was like, this is really amazing. So, uh, yeah. you know, I took a paper. That's very sweet. It was very sweet. And I drew a character for her. So she was so happy. And Aww. because, like, you know, I was in medicine, like, the only thing that I can come up with was a heart. So, right. And I, I didn't do the Valentine's commercial heart. I did like the anatomy heart. So yeah, she was the so happy. Heart. Yeah, she was so happy. And she said, like, I'm going to color it when I go home. She was so happy. And Aww. then this kind of like, oh, why don't I do this for more kids? Yeah. So I started working on the first book, which uh, illustrated book of medicine junior, where I basically introduce each body organ and everything that you can think of related to this organ. So the brain, I kind of like divide it into right side, left side, and then the right mm -hmm. side with the art, left side with the science, Einstein, like all the technological advances. So that's how it started. And then the first one was good. I felt like, oh, this is really good. And I felt like, uh, I felt good about it. And then I was like, okay, yeah. then I'm done with that. Uh, yeah. And then I was doing another clinic, and we have a teenager, 
so we're expected to you know educate them about you know sexual health and you know how to take care of them, their body like the changes that happen to their body and and so mm-hmm. on so i mean she she was 14 year old but she had no idea about her her own body so oh, man. like i i remember i had to like go online get an anatomy image just like to describe things to her yeah. and <clears throat> she just didn't know and wow and i was like if you don't know your own body i mean then we have a problem yeah uh, like how can we talk about like stds how we can talk about yeah. like unwanted pregnancies if you don't know your own body right so right. if you're not knowing like, that the body parts that we're talking about absolutely so yeah. i was like okay now i have to come up with a book that educates people about their own body about their sexual development so i came up with the making of me uh i made it more like a very simplistic very uh simple way of introducing images i tried like you know to use graphic images that a lot of parents would i mean would maybe concern about in a very cartoonish way the sperm and the ovum instead of like you know having the scientific I would basically make a cartoon character getting married on the beach. So yeah, now you used... made it very approachable. It was not, you know, concerning or alarming for our parents. It's just like, oh, this is, you know, talking about how your body works, which is really cool. Exactly. So that's how it all started. And then once I did this, my friend, she she works at Boston, uh, affiliated with Harvard, and then she said like, oh, we have a lot of Spanish speaking population and we would be very happy if we have like a spanish copy i was like you know what let me translate into spanish so i translated and then i said like okay let me start with the alphabets let me target like younger age group Mm -hmm. um and you know uh, i did the alphabets in english and spanish and then i did a few other books in the eye on the heart uh, uh potulanium toxin which not for kids but Basically, I'm trying to demystify what it is, right? Uh, how things are. I mean, it's not really meant to teach people how to inject Botox. It's more like what to expect when they seek this treatment. I mean, yeah. a lot of people, when they say potulanum toxin, they say, oh, it's for wrinkles. But I kind of like introduce everything else with wrinkles because mm-hmm. what COVID showed us is how we're really missing the point of public health. Yes. So I'm trying to... Getting the bigger picture on it. Exactly. It's like Mm -hmm. medicine has always been related to the people. But Uh for somehow, most of websites, most of uh, blogs, most of like like website and ventures that people get their medical information are not necessarily very accurate. Right. So... Unfortunately, yeah. There's a lot of blogs especially out there that are just riddled with misinformation and you i mean honestly you cannot blame people like you know if i'm using my phone and i have a question i just google it and right. i would just like use whatever information comes and i don't right. know if you've seen the meme online don't confuse my medical degree with google search i have absolutely seen that <laughs> yes i have absolutely seen that so what my my goal is to deliver medicine in a very easy way in a very simple way to everyone. 
I think we have that goal in common because I created this podcast to make anatomy and the human body very accessible to people and very easy to understand because there is so much garbage out there, just just wrong information about the human body. And I do truly firmly believe that everyone is really curious about the human body and about how it works and what's going on when it's not working correctly. Like what I have this XYZ disease or problem or break or whatever, what's going on and how is my body handling it and how can I help my body handle it better? Like that's a big question, right? And so people turn to Dr. Google and that's just... (laughs) It's a bummer, man, because there's just a lot of garbage information out there. So Absolutely. And like if you look back at our human history from the beginning of time, like we were very fascinated with our human body. Like if you see yes. ancient Egyptian, they would mummify their bodies, they would glorify it, and so did yeah. other cultures. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it really saddens me when someone comes with a new diagnosis of a disease that they will have to live with. And they mm-hmm. start to relearn everything, relearn yeah. how to exercise, when to exercise, what to eat, what not to eat. Yeah. I mean, you you don't you really you don't have to have diabetes to learn about diabetes. You don't no. have to you don't have to have Alzheimer's to learn about Alzheimer's because guess what? I mean, you will learn about the disease. You can use some information to prevent it, or if you have mm-hmm. a loved one or someone that you remotely know you will have some information of what's going on because right i mean every disease is a struggle and yes to understand this struggle you need to understand what this person is going through so totally. medicine like, well, and i think that aids mm-hmm. and compassion too right when you know what so like let's take diabetes for example right like mm-hmm. and we'll specifically hone in on you know type 1 so mm-hmm. type 1 diabetes is when your pancreas does not create insulin correctly right and you need insulin to be able to take in carbohydrates from your diet with the foods that you eat but like if you don't really have the understanding as to you know what an insulin pump is and what you know these these sugar trackers on you know I'm not I don't know exactly what they're called because I'm not (laughs) completely versed in this but like all of these little devices on you know attached to their bodies to kind of help them and aid them in their in dealing with their type 1 diabetes like you could just be looking at somebody going, you know, what is that funny thing on your arm? And without yes. really knowing that, like, oh, that helps them understand where their sugars are at. And then their insulin pump on their abdomen, that helps them regulate their sugars so that they aren't, you know, hyper or hypoglycemic, right? But, like, mm-hmm. if you start with a baseline understanding of what all that is, then it kind of takes away that opportunity for judgment. Absolutely. And... This also applies to psychological conditions. So, you know, uh, Tourette's syndrome, for example, you know, kids will have uncontrolled sounds or movement that would just like out of nowhere, they would do in class. If the teacher or the students, they don't understand what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of judging going on. And, you know, we're basically damaging a lot of like, you know, friendships a lot of like you know judging going on so medicine is life i mean we live in our temple and from day one until we from day one yeah Uh so even for day one uh yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> so yeah, I mean, medicine is for everyone. Med- like to learn about it yourself. It really is. You don't have to have a medical degree to to learn about basic medical information. Like you're not yeah. expected to perform a surgery. You're not expected to diagnose yourself or diagnose someone else. Well, having a basic understanding comes handy. You know. Yeah, um, it just goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. Not just for yourself, but for others. Yeah, and yeah. that's my goal. And uh, if I if I'm able to, you know, spark interest in medicine in one kid, I did my job. That's yeah. all what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it's been way more than one kid. That's for sure. That's for sure. I, I'm I'm very like you know uh, hoping that it's be it's gonna be more than one kid, but I'm satisfied with one kid interested in pursuing. Uh, medical field yeah right right yeah (laughs) so speaking of you know going back to the children's books um I would love to talk about the children's book that we started writing together yeah yeah let's talk (laughs) about my skeleton so Joe came to me a bit ago gosh it was it wasn't that long ago right it was like maybe only a month ago and you were like hey, do you want to write a book? I was like, oh my, I have no idea what that entails. I have never even thought about writing a book before. That's very intimidating to me. I don't know that I could write a book. Like, how do you do this? What do you do? And you're like, hey, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. (laughs) You you made it very easy and very, very approachable, which was great. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do this. I have no idea what I'm doing. But Joe, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. We're almost done. We're almost done with that. I know. We're so, so close. Yep. It's called My Skeleton, and it is just a fun little story, very loosely based on myself as a kid and my grandfather, who was a radiologist. And my grandfather had this skeleton model in his home office, and I just loved that thing. I thought it was the coolest, and I would play with it all the time. We also played with, you know, me and my, my brothers and my cousins, We would also play with all of his other stuff, like we played with his stethoscope, and he had a wheelchair in the garage, and we were always playing around with that, like pushing each other around and crashing into stuff, just being total hooligan kids. (laughs) Yeah, you can see us like in the driveway, like in the wheelchair, just like zooming as fast as we can. I can just visualize it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. My poor grandfather (laughs) is like, what are you doing? No, he was actually really sweet. He let us dig into all of his medical stuff. And it was just, it was really fun. It was probably one of the most sweetest memories I have of my grandparents. Just And hey, I've, you know, your early exposure to skeleton made you uh-huh. interested in pursuing medicine and yes, related fields. It did. So it truly It's truly all did. about early exposure. I think so too, truly. I really, really, really do. I mean, I come from a family that's pretty heavily... Uh, into the medical field so my grandfather was a radiologist my grandmother was a nurse my mother is a nurse still practicing today Um, my aunt is a nurse my other aunt is a medical transcriber so a whole family is just you (laughs) know super super into the med world love it love it love it but but yeah that early exposure I think is really important and uh, that's why I was really really excited that you wanted me to jump in on writing one of these books because I'm with you on that I think that when kids are, you know, exposed to these cool things in the medical world, 
it sparks their interest. It sparks their curiosity, not just about their own body and their skeleton and their heart and all that stuff and their brain, but just about what it means to practice medicine. And it makes that yes. makes it approachable to them, makes it easy for them to understand, you know, because it's not like, you know, high schoolers and college kids, you know, they can do like internships and like get involved in hospitals and get in there, you know, get into the hospitals and candy stripe and volunteer and mm-hmm. intern and all that stuff. But like, you know, you can't you can't get like a five year old <laughs> in the hospital to volunteer. You can't. That's not a good idea. But these children's books are an opportunity to give them that exposure, give them, you know, a little bit of a taste of what the medical world is like. And I purposely throw in a lot of terms, medical terms. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean just like I simplify it, but I make them I make them aware of what is anemia what is Uh femur fracture what the bone is called like you know you have scaphoid bone i mean i'm not really expecting them to memorize it to know it but you know no no they're not in med school yet (laughs) yeah but i mean here's the thing like these kids are sponges their brain are sponges like they absorb all this information like like they learn language without taking classes you're telling totally. me they cannot learn medicine without learning medicine? At least they totally. have a foundation for it. Yeah. I think just because the the topics are complicated doesn't mean that kids can't grasp it, especially if it's offered to them at a, you know, a pretty tangible, understandable level, you know? Like kids can absolutely understand medicine. And also stimulates parents to look it up and, you know, if kids yeah. have questions which like most kids have, why? Oh, so many questions. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. My little boy just learned how to say, what's that? Yes. So everything. What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? (laughs) Kids are curious. They want to know. Exactly. And like parents will just like, you know, look it up and like explain it to them. So here, here you go. You're basically exposing parents as well. Yeah, definitely. It's a learning experience for both the parent and the child alike. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we've been working on the book, and it's, I would say, 95% complete. It should be oh, out So exciting, soon. you guys. So exciting. Can't even wait. You're a great writer. Uh, I was oh, so thank surprised. You. Oh, th- me too. <laughs> I didn't think I could write. I was like, what am I doing? I'm just going to get at this keyboard and let, the, let it flow. It's great. And I'm glad I approached it that way because... It, it, it was pretty intimidating, but once I just kind of let it be a very natural process, I think mm-hmm. that's what made it easy. And then your encouragement really helped. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's been a really, really fun experience, and I can't wait to get it out and just add another book to the amazing stack of Illustrated Book of Medicine. <laughs> it's not, not going to be one book, I promise. It's not going to be no, one book. No, it will not. No, we're already talking about the next one, which yes. we will we will divulge later. <laughs> yeah, don't spill the beans yeah. now. <laughs> no, not spilling the beans yet. You got to wait for that, guys. You got to wait for it. <laughs> Get excited about my skeleton first. It's a fun one. It's, it's, a fun a, it's one. really fun. It's really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah a good story it is so switching gears just a little bit i kind of want to get a little bit back to you mm-hmm. what is the one piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to go into medicine uh actually I know that's kind of a big question yeah actually a lot of uh a lot of advice uh I mean, spill the beans man you can spill the beans here on this one yeah <laughs> I, I, i'm just like trying to uh 
like, you know, arrange my ideas. Uh, sure. But I mean, medicine is, medicine is a lot of commitment, you know, mm -hmm. uh, on so many different levels. And people who pursue medicine, they really love it. And they cannot yeah. imagine themselves doing anything else. I cannot mm -hmm. tell you how many social events that you have to be absent because you have patient going, a situation going on or you, you're mm -hmm. on call or like, you know, 28 hours call. So it's a lot yeah. of commitment that your interest and I would say love to this field and helping people basically keep pushing you because you, you, you're a student all your life. Like uh, yes. you constantly have to read, you constantly have to update your information, attend conferences, do research. So I would say it's, it's really worth it. You, you're yeah. making a huge impact on everyone, your society, mm -hmm. an individual level, on the country level, and you really need to love it to do it. Definitely. So just like explore your options, get exposed to it. I know most hospitals like offer volunteering opportunities over summer that you can translate, you can help patients. I mean, mm -hmm. go see what it's like to be at the hospital. See how it's like to help someone and make a difference in their, in their life, especially when they need it. Yeah, totally. I know that uh, pretty much every single hospital has a volunteer program. Yes. Go ahead, go ahead, be a volunteer. Get in the hospital. Get with patients, you know, get with the doctors and the nurses and, you know, the assistants and see what it's like. Yeah, and you're you're not you're not gonna regret it. It's it's really no way. fulfilling and satisfying career. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah read, explore, you know, watch documentaries, volunteer. It's all about volunteering because it's it's part of your career is to give your life to helping people. So yes. just do a lot of volunteering, a lot of research yeah. uh, is very important. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's uh, there's no secret formula. You, you just like get exposed, make sure that this is really what you want. There's nothing else that would you imagine yourself doing and just like, you know, take a leap of faith. Totally. I like that. That's good <laughs> advice. So let's talk a little bit about self-doubt. I think everyone has overcome self-doubt in their life at some point. So describe a time when you have doubted yourself and how did you overcome it? Oh boy. <laughs> I know that's a hard one, but I think it's really important, right? Because I think a lot of people have self-doubt when they go into medicine, right? It's a it's a big daunting task, right? To the decision to become a doctor, it's a big one, right? And so there is some self-doubt that comes with that. All right. So, I will take you back to, you know, uh, uh my past. So, I finished my first medical school back in Egypt mm -hmm. and when I'm done I came back to the U.S. wanting to you know take my license exam and you know pursue a career in plastic and reconstructive surgery so my first stop was in Jackson Memorial Hospital in Miami uh, mm -hmm. I was doing observership in plastic and reconstructive surgery so you know while I'm you know, observing, going to the OR with uh, physicians, plastic surgeons. I was studying like for, to take my test uh -huh. to basically uh, in the medical field to match or to take a specialty. 
Yes. So on my last day of a rotation, I spoke with uh, one of the attendings. I told them, like, I'm interested in plastics and this is really what I want to do. So yeah. they said, uh, and I'm quoting, your chances as international medical graduate means graduate from school, medical school overseas is less than 1% based on data. Oh and goodness. I would encourage you to reconsider your specialty to another specialty, probably internal medicine. Oh my goodness. Um, That's heartbreaking to hear. Shoot. It, 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 it is. I mean, I, that night I did not sleep. And I was like, yeah. Like, I spent seven years of my life like learning to be a doctor. I spent like yeah. every day trying to. Uh, be a doctor and spent the last four years of my medical education like in plastic surgery operation operating room so i yeah that's all what yeah. i know i mean i, I know right. like medicine but i was extremely involved in plastics so so i mean i told him like okay uh i have the only problem that stops me from being a plastic surgeon in the u.s is me graduating from international medical school all right i can change that so yeah. why don't i go to medical school one more time so oh my gosh. I I reach out to It's amazing. I reach out to every single medical school in the country. I, I like I reach out to every single one. And I remember my inbox was basically I would recite the email before even before even opening it. It's like it uh -huh. doesn't work, you don't because like in Egypt it's more like a British system where you go into anatomy physiology from first first year and then sixth year of medical education whereas right. in the US you have to go to undergrad where you satisfy you know biochem chemistry biology All and your then you set for, yeah. yeah and then you set for your MCAT and then you go to med school right so every single medical school they said like you cannot because you basically are not a student anymore at the same time you did not, you did not satisfy the requirement of Belgian uh, MCAT. So I was like, okay, now I have to satisfy the requirement. So I right. said, let me go to undergrad before I go to med school. So I applied to undergraduate schools. Uh, a lot of schools in the country, they did not know what to do with me. Like, they yeah. just, like, didn't understand why would an MD go back to undergrad to go to med school right. to become an MD. Right. I'm sure that application looked very interesting to them. They were like, what is going on here? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got phone calls from admission office, like, you have, like, an MD, but we, we don't understand. Can you explain? And right. <laughs> most of the time, like, I had to speak with deans to explain yeah. what's going on. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I mean... I cannot see myself doing anything other than plastics. And yeah. if the only thing is, is between me and plastic is just like an undergrad in medical school, like so be it. Yeah. Um, so that is some gusto, dude. I love that. So tons of rejections. Uh, yeah. And then, which is hard. Yeah. I mean, at this point, you get used to it. It was like, you know, oh, well, totally. Yeah. So. Tons of rejection. I got accepted to two schools. Uh, actually, one school. I didn't know that I was accepted to the to my alma mater. So I got accepted to a school in upstate. The dean basically spoke with me, and he understood what's going on, and it was so encouraging. So he accepted my application after uh, being under review for four months. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, they kind of uh, maybe expedited that process a little bit, but yeah, you know, you'll take four, it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Four, gosh, months, four months. Every single day you doubt your decision. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, definitely. I, That's a I, long should... four months. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know what to do next. So should I go yeah. back? Should I switch my interests? Should I just give up my dream of being a plastic surgeon? So you know, uh, finally got accepted and, you know, uh, trying to arrange my life. And then I get a phone call and they say, hey, I mean, are you coming to the orientation? We haven't heard back from you. And I was like, what orientation? And they said, huh. we, we mailed you your acceptance letter uh, two weeks ago. It was Columbia University in New York. And I was oh like, my goodness. I did not get anything. I, they said... Oh, and then I find out they, they usually email, email like send their uh, acceptance by FedEx and I had a P.O. box. Uh, so it did Oh, it. so it's sitting in your P.O. It box. Did it. Yeah, it no did it. way. It, no, it actually didn't. I mean, FedEx did oh, not deliver the P.O. box. So <gasps> Even never, worse. Oh, no. Yeah. So I, I never got, I never, I never knew that I was accepted. I, I just oh like got a phone call like, you know, we haven't. Heard your like, hey, Joe, we'd like for you to be here. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, absolutely. And then I was living upstate New York, basically two hours from New York City. And I, because like I didn't know that I got into Colombia. So the yeah. first semester, I would basically commute by train from uh, mm -hmm. upstate to New York City, New York City to upstate every day for uh, the first semester. Oh my goodness. How long was that commute? It was. Two hours, uh, two hours. So you would go from oh Poughkeepsie to Grand Central. You switch trains from Grand Central, take one train to 116th Street. So it would take me two hours, two hours oh my and goodness. 20 minutes. Hopefully you were able to get some studying done on the train. That's a long time. I got some sleep on the train. That's what I did. Oh, there you go. Even, <laughs> even better. <laughs> even better. And because, and because I was late to my registration, Guess what? All my classes were 8 a.m. classes. Oh, boy. Oh. So I would basically have to wake up at 4 to be at 8 a.m. sitting oh in my class. My that is some dedication, man. Anything, right? Get anything to get it done. Yeah. So uh, wow. that being said, I, I was so excited. I finally... Yeah, I finally made it. I finally in undergrad, I'm going to finish my undergrad and then apply to med school. And here you go. The first meeting with your pre-med advisor. Yeah. And he sat me down. Joseph, you're very impressive, but I have a little bit con concern because you have an MD. I'm not sure if medical school ad admission office will look favorably. And I was like, what? He said, like, oh you have an gosh. MD. It wouldn't be fair for my other medical student to. I was like, I'm doing my whole education. Like, it yeah. doesn't really matter. And for the four years of my undergrad, I was so, like, scared of the day when I applied to my school. Because yeah. my situation should. How would they perceive it? And all my medical interview, medical school interviews, they were really, they left everything. And they were just like talking about like the reason why. And I did my under, undergrad, I'm doing my medical education all over again. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, doubts, I, I, I can't count how many days 
I had yeah. doubts about everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, but, you know, you, you, your faith in yourself and your faith in what your goals are should be louder than any voice of doubt. Yes, I love that. I love that. Yeah, 1000%. In whatever you're doing. Because there will be, I mean, there are a lot of people who tell you you cannot do. And guess what? Most of these people are close to you where you take their opinion very seriously. I mean, my parents were really, were really doubtful about me doing it. They said like, yeah. I mean, you're getting older, like, you know, you, you, you want to start a family, you want to have a life, you already have a degree, why would you go through this again? Like, yeah. I mean, they would make fun of me when I say, oh, I have a chemistry exam tomorrow. I was like, so it's, uh, you know, I mean, I, they were f like, they were feeding me doubts that I wouldn't be able to make it. And I have to be honest, like a lot of times I would just like, you know, listen to these doubts and I would right. question Wonder everything. if they're right or not or yeah. But yeah. I mean, at the same time, I was like, you know what? I really have a vision. I really have a dream and I'm just going to do it because. Yeah. Well, and that's the most important thing. You work towards that vision and that dream no matter Absolutely. what. No matter what. No matter what. Just like, just go get it. Yeah. So. Well, and I'm glad you are because, man, you're leaving an impact on the world. <laughs> I hope so. You are. I hope. Speaking of that, what impact do you want to leave on the world? Like what, what is your the biggest thing that you want to leave? I guess it's more about believing. It's more about really believing in yourself. It's really about making your goals clear and just like keep working toward them. Uh, mm -hmm. I had never imagined I would be doing my medical degree again. I, I yeah, never imagined right. I would be publishing any books. Uh, mm -hmm. And like one of the books is being translated into Russian to be published in Russia. Um, That's amazing. I, I, I never I never imagined this would happen. But if if I would leave an impact, it's just like believe in ability. Because it's very mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to get something done, you can do it. Yeah, because... That's something that you've already taught me. I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have one more question for you, and then we are done and done. But it, I always love to end with a little bit more of a fun question. And listeners who have already heard a few episodes probably know exactly what question is coming. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. It's a silly one. <laughs> if you could have dinner with three people dead or alive who would they be and why mm -hmm. okay so one would be with president biden yeah i would like you know to speak with him about like his vision about like his public health and how you know i mean we we were in a really bad place when he became president and you know all the yeah. achievement that he've made uh along with all the physicians uh i just wanted to hear his vision because it was a powerful election and the way he mm -hmm. carried himself the way he did his vision i'm really fascinated by it yeah uh, so that he would be definitely one of my wishless people the second would be i know this is a hard question huh 
it is very hard because I can, I mean. It's a fun one though. It is fun, but just like I want to meet a lot of people and like now trying to condense them to only three, it's just like. Please. I know, it's hard. And they, they must be alive, correct? They can be alive or dead. Okay. Anybody, anyone. Oh, we can okay. resurrect from the dead. <laughs> if one that would be Dr. Frank Netter. Yes. So, yes, 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 yes. I'm so inspired by his work. I'm so Me inspired too. by how he, uh, you know, he uh, introduced his vision to medicine. And he, it was like a really, it was a really phenomenal uh, change in the medical field. Big time. Yeah. And the third one, it would be Oprah. Oprah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. She's, she's very inspiring. Her story is. is very inspiring. It's uh, determination and achievement, and I cannot, I cannot speak enough. Totally, yeah, so, yeah. She is a really inspiring woman. She is, and like her shows, she's trying to you know educate people. She's trying to change, and mm -hmm. this is what we really need. We need people with a vision that want to change. Yeah. And like positive progress, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that that's what I really like about her. She's just, she's a positive force, which is very, very necessary right now. She is. I mean, this is what yeah. we need at this point of time. Uh, the last 13 months were very difficult in so many different levels. Uh, yes. We learned a lot about ourselves. We learned a lot about the world that we live in. Yeah. And... We, I mean, even though we're we're virtual, mostly virtual, I feel like we became more connected. We, I, I myself, I, I feel long, the same. I long to social gathering. I long to be around people. So mm. we were same really here. far apart, but now we we're more connected than ever. Uh, it was a very tough time for our country, but fortunately, we we're just like making a comeback. Yeah, big time. So big time, big time. We all need vision. I feel that need... too. It's really, really inspiring too. It's it's exciting to see the things that have come from, you know, our rough past year and a half, you know. Yes. But we're doing some interesting things now. Yeah. All right, my love. That was all of the questions that I had for you. Last thing I want to touch on is where can people find you and connect with you online? Where are you on Instagram and where can they purchase the illustrated book of medicine and all of that? So uh, they can find uh, the Illustrated Book of Medicine on Instagram. They can find uh, me on Instagram, Joseph Talbot. They can email the Illustrated Book of Medicine at gmail.com. And, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to uh, connect with people. And if anyone who really wants any of the books and they cannot afford it or they think they have, like, any challenges, I'm very happy to give out uh, free copies. So That uh, is so kind. I mean, okay. my goal is to have my books out there. My books is to have people interested. So if there's any financial problems, let me know. I'm very uh, willing to send you a copy just like, you know, to read it and you can keep it. It's, uh, it's, it's all about distributing knowledge. Yeah, sharing knowledge and getting knowledge in the hands of literally everyone, no matter what their circumstances may be exactly exactly yeah that's fantastic joe thank you so much for that i really thank appreciate you. it 
And thank you so much for being on the show. We had such a wonderful chat. I'm so excited to release this episode. It's just such a fun one. And then I can't wait for my skeleton and I can't wait for our next book and all of the other things that we have been shattering about that we will let people know about. Two weeks, two more weeks, and it's going to be out on the shelves. Excellent. I love it. I love it. All right. And with that, we will say goodbye, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you very much for having me.